Okay, today for the time of the I want to talk about Tefillah's Shav. I don't think I ever did one on, on Tefillah's Shav. It's a topic we may have discussed in other contexts. I remember last Hanukkah, Rabbi Kohn was just talking about a very uplifting moment, but a very, very sad moment happened last Hanukkah. One of my Balabatim told me about the following situation. He was driving home from work and he was listening to WCBS radio. And on the radio they had said that there was a, there was a house fire in North Woodmere. And he was concerned that it was his house and he was like praying that it wouldn't be his house and then he started thinking wait a second am I allowed to pray that this is not my house as it turned out it was a house of, uh, of from Jews and it did come from Ner Hanukkah and they, they did not leave the Ner Hanukkah lit with you know leave the house with the Ner Hanukkah lit they were home they were home and just they caught on the curtain or something and it uh, so a person has to be very very careful we can't overstate that enough that probably I told people after that I think it's not enough to be home someone should remain in the room with the Ner Hanukkah the, the entire time remain in the same room light a Shamus and then, then you can uh, you can even use the Neros but uh, be in the room with the, with the Neros Hanukkah but anyway that's, that's beside I mean that's most critical but aside our topic for today is about Tefillah's Shav is that a, an appropriate tefillah to say, knowing already that there is uh, that there is a fire in the neighborhood, to then daven that it shouldn't be your house? So there is a Gemara, in Masechus Brachos, really a Mishnah in Masechus Brachos that tells us that if a person cries about that which has already happened, that which is over already, that's considered tefillah shav. For example, the Mishnah says, if a man's wife is pregnant, and he says it's tefillah, that after his wife is already pregnant, that the, the child should be a, 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 a boy, that is tefillah shav. A guy is coming home, he's traveling home from work, and he hears this screaming in the city, he sees that something's going on, smoke billowing from a building in the city. And he says, this should not be from my house. That too is a Tfilas Shav. That also is considered to be a Tfilas Shav. The Gemara asks the question, wait a second, how could you say it's a Tfilas Shav to Davin for the change of gender or for the determination of the gender of a fetus? After all, isn't that what Leah did? So that, that Leah called the daughter Dina because Shadona Leah Din Ba'atzma, that Leah made the following Cheshbin where she said that Yaakov is going to have 12 Shvatim. I already had six. Four come from the Shvachos. If this baby is a Zachar, then Rachel is not even going to be Ka'achas Shvachos. She's not even going to have as many of the Shvatim as one of the Shvachos. Miyad Neb So right away, it turned into a girl. Vatikra Shmadina. So the Gemara has different ways of answering that question. The Gemara says, either Maisa Nisim is different and uh, Leah deserved Nisim because she was Leah and we're not all Leah or that uh, it was within the first 40 days where the gender is not yet considered to have to have been determined yet or something like that. The, uh, the Gemara gives these various suggestions as to why it is that Leah was allowed to pray but under normal circumstances once something has been determined it's too late to pray. You're not allowed to then pray for it. There is another Gemara that also talks about a similar topic. The Gemara Bab Metzia, Daf Mem Bezah tells us that We only find bracha in things that are not visible to the naked eye. And the Gemara says that if a person was madad v'acharkach birech, I'm sorry, the Gemara says, if a 
a person begins to measure his silo and he wants to measure how much grain he has, Omer Baruch HaSholeach Bracha B'Kriyazeh. He could say, uh, Bracha, that Hashem should, uh, you know, tefillah, that Hashem should give Bracha to that year's crop. But, Madad V'Achar Kach Bireich. If he measured it already and then he offers a tefillah, that there should be Bracha in the Kri, Harei Zeh Tefillah Shav. That is considered to be a tefillah shav. That is a wasted tefillah. Because in a bracha l'mitzvah, we don't find bracha in something that's weighed or in something that's measured or in something that's counted. Only in that which is hidden from the eye. So this is the definition of a, uh, of a tefillah shav. Now, it's important to point out Rabbi Kivegar and Shulchan Aruch or Chaim Simon Reish Lamid quotes in the name of the Sefer Hasidim that Tzvila Shav, one might think, is just okay, it's a useless Tzvila, but you have nothing to lose. So Rabbi Kivegar says, no, Tzvila Shav is Osir, that there's a protocol in Tzvila. As you would imagine, you approach a king, you know, there's a protocol on how to approach a king, what's an appropriate thing to say to a king. You can't go and meet a king and like go for a high five, you know, that's not, that's not an appropriate way to go greet him. And it's not just like, oh, what do I have to lose? Might as well high five. No, they, they, that, that's not okay. You're, you're not. You're gonna. You have a lot to lose by making such a negative impression. We have to approach Hakadosh Baruch Hu with the right kind of tefillah. And when we start davening for that which has already happened, that is a tefillah shav. What is so terrible about a tefillah shav? So there are several possibilities of what the problem might be. The Gemara in Shabbos from Gimelon Beis tells us how Hashem always prefers to preserve nature rather than to, than to change nature. The Gemara tells a remarkable story about a man whose wife had died and uh, he couldn't, uh, and, and, and he didn't have anyone to nurse his child. He didn't have enough money to, uh, to hire a wet nurse. So, Nasalo Nes Viniftechulo Dodin Kishne Dode Isha Vehenik Espino. He started to lactate, and he was able to nurse the child by himself. So first, Rav Yosef says, Wow, what a gadol this guy must be, that he has such a miracle happen to him. How terrible it is, how poorly it reflects on him, that Hashem had to do a nace for him. So we see that Hashem doesn't like to change uh, the, the, the teva, and therefore it could be that when, uh, when, when one davens for a change of teva, you're asking Hashem, to do something that he doesn't want to do, that he doesn't like to do. A second possibility of why it might be problematic is based on Gemara in Shabbos, Tavlamid, and Tainus, Tavchaf, that Shema uh, Osen Lones, that maybe uh, Nase won't happen for you, meaning not everyone is deserving of having a Nase happen for them, and it's somewhat presumptuous to assume that Hashem should do a Nase for anybody. Um, the a person's not supposed to rely on a nace, not supposed to depend on a nace. It's famous Chuvin about buying life insurance, where he says, of course you buy life insurance. You can't rely on a nace that you're going to live forever. Everyone is eventually going to die, and you have to make any normal investments like a regular person should make. Unless you're a tzaddik like Leah, he says. If you're a tzaddik like Leah, then you can rely on a nace, then you can daven for such things. But we're not like that. A third possibility, based on the Gemara 
Gemara in uh, Shabbos and Tainus over there is that maybe Hashem Menachem Lo Mizchiyosav. That let's say Hashem listens to your tefillah and changes the fetus, you know, the gender of the fetus, or changes the measurement of your goren of the silo. Well, then he just did a nace for you, and that will take away a lot of your zechuyos, and that's a very bad thing. We don't want to lose zechuyos. In fact, the Sefer Baruch Shamar explains the Tartimim explains in Baruch Shamar the bracha of Agomel Misha Gmolcha is a, that, that response to the Birchsa Gomel is a bracha to the person that the salvation that he experienced should not be Menachem Izchiyosah. Huyigmolcha cult of Sel, he should continue to do good for you because that's not the natural thing. If he already just did a nace for you, naturally you won't continue to have, uh, to have Nisim. The question that always bothered me, and I don't really have a solid answer to, is it seems to me that there's a stira between the two Gemaras that we started with. The Gemara in Brachos Tafsamich says that to daven over that which already has, is already there, even though you don't see it, like the fetus, the gender of the fetus, is a tzvilah shav. Yet the Gemara in Bamitziah says that even if you have all your grain in your silo, you just haven't measured the silo, that that's not yet a tzvilah shav. It's only once you've measured it that it becomes a tzvilah shav. Well, doesn't that imply that even though it's already done, but as long as you don't yet know what's done, that it's not called the Tzvila Shav? It seems like a contradiction between the two Gemaras. For some reason, I didn't see anyone that asks that question. It was very, very troubling to me. It seems to be a blatant contradiction. I saw that I w- last year when uh, Rabbi Moshe Tarragon was here, I was having a conversation with him, I was asking what he thought about this, and he said to me, you should know, I'm sure that in Shemayim they're laughing at us for asking this question and for not knowing the answer to this question. He said, there's definitely something about grain that we city boys don't know. That, uh, you know, there's like some fact that we're missing. Maybe, yeah, maybe no. I don't know. But that's, uh, but that, 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 that was his, uh, his comment. I asked around a little bit, though, to see what other people had to, uh, had to, had to say. In the Sefer Chavetzela Shashoron, he suggested that Bracha hi inyin kayom bahabria. That, uh, not the Sefer of Chavetzela Shashoron, the author of uh, the Chavzal Sashar and wrote a, wrote, wrote a letter. He said that the, the, a bracha is something that, that happens in the Bria. Um, and that's not a clear miracle. So that would not be considered to be davening from Isanisim. But uh, so a person, Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu says, "In Yekaimu as a mitzvah, you bracha mitzvah. You do the mitzvahs. There's going to be bracha in your grain. So to the point that until you measure it, bracha could still happen. That's part of nature. He thinks, even though it's already, it's whatever it is, it is. But it's part of nature that the grain can still grow up until the the last, the last up until you you count it. As opposed to the change of the gender of a fetus, that's not part of nature. That's a nace." I don't know what makes that part of nature, though. I don't understand why, why grain growing or becoming more, after it's already harvested, why that would be considered uh, expanding on its own, why that would be considered part of, part of nature. I saw in the Dirshu Mishabur, they quote the same thing from Rav Chaim Kenyavsky, that the peros mashminim, that it can swell, it can grow. So why can it only swell before you count it and not after you count it? I don't really understand. I don't really understand what, what, that's, uh, what that's based on. Rav um, Zilberstein thought that, uh, that, that, that a Goran Sheisraba is not such, a, such an obvious nace, because also sometimes peros mashminim, sometimes uh, peros uh, swell. Again, I, I don't know why that would happen 
only before you count and not after you count. If it's something that's not a nace, so then what's the problem with davening for that after you've already counted it? I don't really have a good uh, good understanding of the uh, of why that would be the case. I don't really have a, a clear understanding of why of, of of how to deal with the stira. Of course, the major kasha that everyone does ask about davening for nisim is that there's a ramah in Shulchan Aruch and Kufei Zayin Sif Dalit and Tafresh Pei Beis Sif Aleph that says to say a Rachmanu Yasalon Nisim Kamosh Yasalav Asinu Be'Yamimayim B'Zmanazeh on Chanukah. If you forget all the nisim, so that's what you say. That's uh, say you daven. Hashem should do nisim for us like He did for our forefathers. You know, uh, when 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 in, in the in the times of the Hanukkah miracle. So the question is, how are we allowed to do that? That's also davening for a nice. So that there are like six different answers to. The Bukhar Shar says you could daven for nisim that uh, that apply to the whole seaboard as long as it's not a personal nice. Bukhar Shar also writes it's according Shari Chuva or Chaim Kufei Zayin Sivkat and Gimel that as long as it doesn't define nature, you could daven for a nice that doesn't define nature. Meaning nice can mean two things. Nice can mean something that completely defies nature, like the nice. Shemen, or a remarkable event, a remarkable coincidence, or a remarkable event like the Nase of the Melchama. You know, it doesn't make sense that David's going to be Goliath. It doesn't make sense that we should be able to defeat a stronger enemy. But remarkably, it could happen. The rest of the world will look at it and will not look at it as defying nature. It's a, so that's the kind of nace that we could daven for. Not for the nace pachshemen kind of nace, where it's completely defying nature, but a nace that's just remarkable, that's just like unbelievable. Uh, the Yeshua Siakov Norachayim Tafresh Pebez says that if you're davening for the nace purely to increase Kvot Shemayim, and not for any personal need, that's okay, and that's why we're allowed to say this, Arachman. Rav Sturmbach writes in Ma'adam that if you're not davening for a specific miracle, you're just davening for nisim to happen in general, that that would make it permissible. The Bnei Yisachar writes in, uh, in, in, in Shabbos Ches Chav that it's okay at a nis ratzon to daven for, for a nis that Hanukkah is a, is a time that's malumad benisim, it's a time that's, uh, that's infused with miraculous abilities. And uh, the Yenayim Lumishmet says that uh, miracles that are predestined, one, uh, one can daven for, and we can assume that we're davening for those nisim that Hashem is, uh, has promised us for many, many years. The nisim that are going to bring about, the, the ultimate goal of Yeshua. That's what we're really davening for. And that you're allowed to daven for, the nisim that are already promised, that Hashem's going to bring. So we're allowed to daven for such things. But there's just a little bit about Tzvila Shav, davening for nisim, and as it relates to Hanukkah in particular.